Jeremy, hello. Hello. <laughs> um, th- happy Thursday. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Um, I feel like I you're like somebody I know. I I feel like I know more about you without actually really having like talked to you. Do you get that sense? We spent many Friday afternoons together. <laughs> but like but like in silence, not talking. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I don't know, through osmosis I feel connected to you. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> um those questions that you know like what's your what did you have for breakfast and all those like get to know you things after like three years it it rubbed off it rubs off yeah absolutely oh my goodness um when did you start your um like mindfulness journey when do you think uh so i i dove in headfirst without ever having meditated like for a second um into a 10-day vipassana in 2001 so i guess 20 years ago now two decades ago um and that was like by far the hardest thing i've ever done in my life uh you know not meditating for a minute to meditating like 12 hours a day with a very strict like you know, regime uh, for 10 days in a row was, was really intense. But at the same time, I kind of loved it. I loved the challenge um, and, and the, um, the practice of it. There was an hour long talk every day. That was a Goenka who brought Vipassana kind of from the East to the West. Hmm. Um, and, and it was basically like Buddhism 101. And, uh, and it was a philosophy that I resonated with a lot. And I was like, ah, oh, like this. And, so that was that was the beginning of mindfulness, um, and I've done more of those uh, intensive retreats as well. Yeah, and someone just like you're like, hey, I think I would like this ten day. Like, how did you, uh, you, you know, had done one and was like, oh, you should try this. And like, I, you know, I, I hang out with like hippie circles and like that. <laughs> And so, like, it had come up, like, oh, Vipassana, like, you hear about it around. It came up. Yeah. And finally, I think I'd heard about it for at least a couple of years before I was like, sure, I'll try this. And, like, I was also poor back then. Um, and so it was like, it's free or it's by donation. And so that was, like, a bonus as well. Because I was like, hey, I don't have to pay for this 10-day retreat. When often 10 days retreat could be thousands of dollars. Um, yeah. So, and I've been to a bunch. And the first few, I, like, I didn't even have money so they, they were free i didn't pay um and then when i went when i was a bit more um, employed and <laughs> a tiny bit more employed <laughs> i would give the donation that they asked for at the end of the retreat huh. okay wow there you go and the rest is history as they say yeah i've dabbled you know definitely like over the last 20 years since 2001 i've done lots of like meditation retreats and mindfulness retreats and um and it's you know it's a very specific type of meditation that i like as well so i've stuck to that Mm. Um, you know it's the same as the one that we practice uh on fridays like theraveda buddhism or like Mm -hmm. meditation Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) Another thing that surprised me is like reading that article that you wrote of like how recently you kind of got into running. Like, 
I thought, I, I mean, if anything, I would have assumed you've been running for 20 years, but, or maybe you have, but your first like ultra marathon was in 2017, 2018. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, I had done, so my first marathon was 2008. Um, and before that, I'd done a couple halves. Uh, and then I thought, you know, marathon is the next natural progression from the half. Uh, and basically between 2008 and 2018, I did like one marathon a year. Mm-hmm. And that seemed like enough. Like, I, you know, I would train pretty hard for four months, the four months before the marathon. And then and that would be good. And then I would run kind of half-assed for the rest of the eight months of the year until like <laughs> the next year. And um, so I think I'd done about 10 marathons. Um and then I decided to, yeah, up it a notch and take it to the next level and do an ultra. And most marathons are on the roads and most ultras are on the trails. Mm. Um, and I really fell in love with trail running. And like now I'm like, I, I don't even like road running anymore, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I wouldn't consider running a marathon anymore if it's on the road because it's just like, mm. why? Why would I do that? It's like it's harder on the body and it's like it's more competitive and it's less camaraderie. Um, and trail running, I just, yeah totally found my groove found my tribe loved it wow you know again you talked about how much time you've (laughs) sunk into this uh i think you said it was your only hobby um i don't know (laughs) (laughs) um and you're like not concerned yeah trail running is a hobby that takes a lot of time and you sort of talked about having to sacrifice and um again i think i i think i mentioned this to you where something i worry about is i lack some focus in my life where i'm i try to do too many different things um i, I don't know do you have any, do you have anything to say about that like yeah i mean i i do get fomo for sure when when there's other things going on that i miss um, even, you know, even now, sometimes on the weekend, I'll, I'll get uh, a couple of different invites to do different adventures and it's like, okay, well I have to pick one and it'll be awesome, but that means I'm missing two. And so I, I always kind of feel like, ah, um, and then it's the same thing with running. Like it, I'm, I'm choosing to run, which I, which I love, which is great. Um, but there is the sacrifice cause I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not seeing a lot of my friends and actually like that whole sentence is, is is wrong because I'm seeing my friends. I'm just seeing different friends now. So I'm like, I'm not seeing my old friends that don't run um, because because that's where my focus is right now is on is on running. Hmm. Um, but over the last two years, I've made like a whole new slew of friends that I hang out with now. Um, and again, like there's a bit of FOMO or even a bit of sadness that I'm not hanging out with my other friends. They might be still doing things like, hey, we're doing a big Zoom brunch Saturday morning like at ten. And I'm like, oh no, like I'm leaving at seven to like go for my day long run, like have, you know, so, um, yeah, I, uh, I often do like a, a cost benefit analysis of, of different scenarios. Um, and so I think, you know, what am I gaining from trail running and what am I losing and, and what am I gaining if I don't go and what am I losing? And then mm-hmm. I kind of, kind of weigh those options and, uh, you know, trail running always wins. Like it's it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it ticks off enough boxes of things that make me happy that it's okay that I'm like missing, you know, the Zoom brunch or like the late night drinks or whatever it is that I have to sacrifice. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
That's that's very funny. I think I mean for me when I was getting into like different hobbies, like I was like, oh, um, like uh, rock climbing. I was trying to learn to ski. I was doing, um, yeah, like uh, biking, camping, th- those sorts of d- different things. I, um, I, I, I think an element of my decision matrix was um, like the 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 people aspect, and then I maybe I, I realized I was, I had, I was like putting too much emphasis on the activity and not necessarily the people. Um, but I guess for you, it was just like your natural shift of, um, yeah, these are the people that I want to hang out with now. Yeah. But I, I did increase my bandwidth of activities. And so now I backcountry ski, um, and I've gone, I think like 11 times this year already. So I'm definitely getting out there. Um, although it's with the same group, it's just like the same friends that I trail run with, all backcountry skiers as well. Um, and then I just went ski skiing for like the first time ever at Callahan. And okay. uh, it was so fun, like so, so, so fun. I rented gear and uh, I picked it up pretty quick. I had a lesson from a friend, uh, like what, you know, didn't pay for it, but he just taught us for probably like an hour. Mm. And uh, yeah, after an hour, I, like my learning curve was really steep and I was like, oh, I get this. I can do it. I know how to do it. And so off we went and I just loved it. And mm-hmm. my, my buddy that taught me, he's like, oh, like I've got an old set that you can just have. And uh, so I'm like, all right, now I, like, now I ski, ski and like backcountry ski and trail run. And uh, yeah. And my other friend's like, oh, like you need to climb. Like, you, like I could totally see you climbing. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think I have like enough. And each sport, <laughs> you need gear. And yeah. of course, I'm like, I'm fortunate enough to have a, a job that I can afford to buy gear, but I'm like climbing, like, no, that's just like one too many thing. And like, and mountain biking too. They like, some of those same crew, like they also mountain bike, they do it all and kayak, you know. Oh my goodness. But I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm good with these three for now. What I'm realizing is that I need a whole separate closet just for all the helmets that I'm accumulating. <laughs> like every hobby has its own helmet. And it's like, why can't you all use the same helmet? <laughs> Yeah, you probably could, but yeah, yeah, because <laughs> you don't want to compromise the, you know, your your head. <laughs> um, do you? Um, is there something like you look for in a hobby? Like what? What like? I don't know. Like what high are you chasing? <laughs> Does that make sense? Um, well, certainly, like being in nature, like that's always a priority, and that's where I'm happy, and that's where I'm home, um, and especially in the mountains. Uh, like I, I like the beach and the ocean. Um, obviously I like rainforests. They're beautiful and stunning, but I really love like mountains and then especially the Alpine. Like once you kind of get above the trees, it's just a different landscape. Um, so, so, you know, backcountry skiing and trail running certainly are good for that. And they also support each other in terms of fitness. Hmm. Um, and I look for all day activities too. Um, you know, like kayaking when I'm sitting, like my back hurts after like an hour. Um, whereas trail running, like I can go for eight hours or 10 hours even, and it's fine. Like I'm, I'll get tired, but I can do it. Um, and same with, uh, skiing, like maybe not that long, but I could go six or eight hours for like a big long full day. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's about it being in nature and, oh, I guess, uh, you know, an element of danger. I kind of like (laughs) to, keep me on my toes keep keep life interesting <laughs> so when you're when you're filling out your cost benefit analysis it's 
is in nature is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and and I typically do all my activities like with buddies, um, but I don't mind going alone every now and then and just having like a big solo day in the mountains. It's a bit less safe, obviously. Mm. Um, but that's, yeah, part of the, that's where the danger comes in. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Our, um, and again, I think you, you sort of talked about it in, in, in the article you wrote about like setting goals. Like how do you, um, oh, actually this is what I want to ask you. You, you talked about, um, having a running coach, right? That's starting, yeah, I start like Monday. I'm kind of terrified, um, but I think it'll be okay. He's starting me early, but um, yeah, this coach, they asked for a six month minimum um, as full-time coaching, you know, for six months. Um, and my goal race is at the end of September. And um, so that's seven months. So I'm like, I'm committed for seven months. Um, and I do actually behave, not behave, um, work better when I'm, you know, being told what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, or when I have that commitment. Um, so before, actually, when I used to do marathons, I would sign up because I wouldn't even train if I didn't have a marathon to sign up for. Whereas I know, like, if I've got this race I've signed up for, like, I have to train. So I'm going to do it. But if I don't have a race, then there's much less motivation to get me off the couch and to go running. Um, and so I hired this coach, similar idea. Um, even though I've already signed up for this race, uh, I thought to be really ready for it, I need to hire a coach. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he's a guy that I know. His name is Gary Robbins. He's kind of like a famous uh, in the local trail running scene. He used to live in North End, but moved to Chilliwack. Um, he's got lots of like movies on YouTube. Uh, Where Dreams Go to Die is a really good one about uh, the Barkley Marathon that he's uh, run three times and never finished. Um oh. So yeah, he's my coach and he's splitting it 50-50 with another uh, elite performer athlete, uh, Eric Carter. So I've got these like two, you know, high end athletes training me for the next seven months. Uh, and I know one thing that's lacking in my training is strength training. And I've, I've never gone to the gym and I've always hated it. And, um, and I told Gary, like, that's my weakness. Like, that's going to be my hardest thing. And uh, I think the fact that I'm paying somebody to tell me to strength train is going to make me do it. <laughs> yeah. So what, what's the setup like? Like you meet like a few hours a week or once a week, three times a week? Uh, yeah. So we have a phone call um, twice a month. So once every two weeks. Uh, and it's about 40 minutes. And the phone call will talk about the program, like the last two weeks of, of um, work. I have Monday's off, so it's six days a week of training. And um, a lot of those are doubles because it's like I have to run and I have to strength train. Or I ask them to incorporate backcountry skiing in there. So it'll be like a backcountry ski and the strength training. Um, and so Eric actually makes the program and Gary's the guy that I talked to on the phone. And then they talk to each other and Eric will make my next two weeks. Um, and then after that two weeks, I'll talk to Gary, how to go, you know, and they look at how, you know, everything gets uploaded onto the site that they look at so they could see how fast I went and what my heart rate was. And, um, I can write little notes like, Oh, that was hurt or my leg hurt or I had stomach cramps or whatever. He's like, the more information, the better. Um, and then we'll have a phone call and we'll chat about how those two weeks went and then I'll get the next two week block of training and we'll just do that. Um, and one training block is actually four weeks. 
and it'll be a three-week build where each week is about 10% more mileage than the last week. Hmm. And then the fourth week is a recovery week, so it drops. And then the next week will kind of pick up where the last week left off. Um, so I'll have like seven full training blocks of seven months. Uh, yeah, I'm a little scared. Like that's already looked at it, and it's like, well, like the first week there's like hill training and like speed work and like things I've never done before, and like two strength training sessions a week. So I'm like, yeah. oh, oh damn, oh <laughs> damn, holy crap. That, yeah. yeah, that's how it's it's exhausting just listening <laughs> to it. I I haven't yeah even laced on my shoes. Holy cow! Um, like that was another question I had for you. Like when you you know you you look ahead at the the weekend in front of you. I've you know I'm about to run eighty k or whatever it is that you do. Like, are you afraid you can't finish? <laughs> um, <clears throat> no. Uh, I've got like some grit that'll keep me going. Um, so I'm not afraid I won't finish. I'll, like, so funny enough that, that my goal race at the end of September, I actually signed up for last year and the year before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't run it either time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think I was ready. So maybe it's like a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so last year it was canceled because of COVID. Uh, and then the year before I actually got um, hit by a door on my bike uh, exactly one mm-hmm. week for the race oh my goodness um, yeah and so i got really badly bruised and beaten up and that took like a full two months to recover from so i certainly couldn't run a week later um but like i said i don't think i was ready i hadn't been training as much as i wanted and i was just gonna go and just be like oh let's hope for the best um so this year i think is my year because i think by the end of september it won't be canceled because of covid and i'll have had like seven months of solid training that'll enable me not only to finish but hopefully to finish strong like to have a good a good time Mm. um yeah no i i i have had a history of injury um over like you know the decade of marathon running and a bit of trail running uh and i and i you know talked to gary about that and he's like it is all linked to your lack of strength training he's Mm. like i'm telling you once you incorporate strength training like that's the best injury prevention you can do and and i've been really like like I don't want to say scared of it, but just blocking it. I'm just like, no, like, no, no, no strength training. Like I just hate weights and I hate gyms and I don't want to do it. And um, I have to, I have to just get over that. And yeah, Gary, again, he's like, that's non-negotiable. Like you can't not strength train. Like that's a non-negotiable part of this regime. Hmm. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's probably my biggest fear is like injury of just like, even if it's like I twist my ankle or like, I fall, like, you know, you can't see it on the, if you're just listening to the podcast, but like I fell last week uh, and and that hurt a lot. I was by myself, like on top of a mountain and I fell. And so like it, things happen. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, my biggest fear is is just getting injured and not being able to run. Mm. And it's, mm. it's part of my identity too. I'm like, if I'm not a runner, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It takes so much of my time. It's like I work and I train. like so it might as well be part of my identity um Mm. yeah but again like a a couple of my really close friends are all signed up for the same race at the end of september um yeah it's called whistler alpine meadows uh and so that means i've got training buddies like all year which is fantastic Mm. Mm. yeah do you um 
Is there a expiration date to running? Like, do you feel like, oh, I need to, you know, I'm in my peak physical performance and I need to like, but you know, before I turn this age, I need to have run this many kilometers or whatever it is. You, you know, I'm a little worried about that. Uh, I do have some friends that run in their 60s and they're great. Um, and even And I check like the age category winners for different races. And mm. there's some really fit people like in their 60s. Mm. And so I, I'd love to say like I've got a, you know, 15 year window where I can keep trail running and, and maybe even ultra running because I just love the ultra distances. Mm. Um, and that'll take me like into my 60s. Um, and then I would probably stop doing these long, crazy distances. Um, but yeah, I mean, people run when they're 100 even, not that fast, but... <laughs> 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 I, yeah. I think keen to keep keep at it as long as I can. Um, uh-huh. And again, I think that I'm yeah. And I, I don't know why I haven't done strength training, but I'm like strength training is what's going to get me there. And I've never mm-hmm. done it, but it's gonna it's gonna help me once mm-hmm. I start next week. Next week. <laughs> yeah, actually, I converted a whole room in my house. It used to be the spare bedroom, and I like I got rid of the couch that turned into a bed and cleared out the room, and that's my strength training room. And I'm hoping that that'll motivate me to actually do it there's dedication (laughs) yeah yeah i guess i have to sleep on the floor now oh my goodness yeah um yeah okay and then in terms of like goal setting like what is it is it like yeah yeah you know you want to be in the top percentile of finish times or like you know, what's, where's that motivation? Yeah, yeah. My first year um, of the, when I started to do more than one ultra in a year. So in 2018 was my first ultra. And then in 2018, I did like six, I think, or seven. Um, and they were all 50K, except for the last one was 80K. Um, and each one was, again, just to finish. And, and, you know, like at times I would be going faster. Um, but I was always worried about blowing up and just like, you know, being so tired at kilometer 32 and then like having a walk and like have 18 K left. So I always ran like super conservatively. Um, and I felt like I got a good sense of the distance. Like this is what 50 K is like each race was completely different, but my times were all relatively similar at like six to six and a half hours ish. Hmm. Um, and then, so 2020, I signed up for a couple fifties and then my goal was to like, okay, now push it. And if you blow up, you blow up. Like who cares? Like I've got enough under my belt that if I have to walk the last 18 K it's like, at least I can say I tried. Um, Mm. But then it was canceled with COVID. So all my races last year were canceled. Um, So this year I'm not actually signed up for any 50 Ks. But I might, if I, if I find one that fits my schedule, and fits my training mm-hmm. and, and the goal would be to be as fast as I can like for that one whereas in the past it certainly wasn't um and then for these longer distances I don't quite have a goal time yet um mm-hmm. yeah the the limit is 30 hours so they'll they'll kick you off the course after you know you get a dnf if you don't finish in less than 30 hours um uh-huh. I'm kind of thinking 20 hours might be a nice goal, but that just might be totally unrealistic. Like, I just don't know. Um, I can ask Gary, my coach, like after maybe two or three months to just be like, okay, like what's a good realistic goal time? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think with the coach and with the actual like intensive training, my goal won't be just to finish. Like that'll be a given. I hope. I mean, like seven months of training. Come on. I better get the finish. I converted a spare bedroom <laughs> for this. Yeah. So yeah, I think my goal will be like fast. Um, yeah, I, I've never been like fast, fast. So my goal will never be like top ten or like that's just not in my realm. Um, but definitely like not just to finish. Right. Yeah, like, you know, I've never, I've never run like through the night or like, mm. you know, these crazy distances and th- you know, this one's only 110 K and then the next leap is typically a hundred mile race. And I think each, each leap, like from the 50 mile to the hundred K to the hundred mile, like you just enter like a, a new realm, which I don't know yet. Cause I haven't been there, but I've heard, I've, I've watched lots of documentaries of people and they're like, Oh, as soon as you hit like a hundred K things change. I'm like, well, <laughs> Well, <laughs> Jeremy, you're already like four realms ahead of me, so I, I don't know how many more realms are out there. Oh yeah, there's 200 mile races. There's oh, 240 mile races. Oh yeah, that's crazy. And I have a few friends that are like a bit more crazy and intense than I am. Um, that I that I train with, like my closest mm-hmm. training buddies, and so they really inspire me. Um, mm. And some of the goals that they have are like, you know, you know, top three, like I want to be in the top three for this, or like, I want to summit Mount Logan. Like, whoa, okay. That's just the highest mountain in Canada. Sure. Um, do, do you see yourself as an intense person? Intense? No. Yeah. I don't think, like, like definitely not personality wise. I don't know. No, yeah. I don't see myself as intense. Okay. Just casually train for seven months and run a hundred k. Not intense. No, that's ridiculous. It's not, it's not intense. It's like it's committed and dedicated and disciplined. But hmm. I call it intense. Okay. You know, and it's like I'm type A. Like I, I'm goal oriented and driven. Hmm. But, but yeah, I don't think intense. I don't. I wouldn't use that word. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I think um, sometimes a, a question that I, I think I was asking myself uh, uh, a little while ago was like, am I in touch with reality? Like, do I have, uh, like, I think what I was realizing was I was being very hard on myself for not um, kind of achieving or like me thinking I should be a certain place in life and like, oh, beating myself up or like, I'm not there yet. Like, what the heck? Um, and realizing that it's like, you know, I'm so caught up looking forward that I don't realize, like I'm, I, and that's what I meant. Like I'm sort of, I've lost touch with reality. Like I'm being unreasonable with myself. Do you, do you feel like you're ever unreasonable with yourself? Yeah. I think that's like being human, you know, and I think it's human nature, like there's that i mean every every cliche has a grain of truth and and one one is that like we're always our own worst critic mm-hmm. and like that seems to be true and and you know we're always hardest on ourselves um and i know uh in in various therapy that i've had um the therapist has said like like switch switch roles now and if somebody came to you and said what you're saying to me like how would you react You'd be like, oh, like I'd be super compassionate and super kind and super loving. And they're like, right, of course. Like that's that's what you do. So like why aren't you doing that to yourself if you would do that to somebody else? And it's like, oh yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it's a reminder to, to be gentle and kind to yourself. Mm. Um, but yeah, certainly I beat myself up all the time over lots of different things. <laughs> is that a relationship you have like with running? Like is running a place where you're like mean to yourself or is like running like a enjoyable escape from that? I don't know. Uh, no, running is definitely like my happy place and, and I typically take it easy. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. My coach also just uh, said that their philosophy is 80-20 running and that 80% of the runs, which is really like four out of every five runs, should be really easy and enjoyable and like an easy pace and you're talking and it's, and then 20% should be high intensity where your heart rate's high and so like the hill workouts and the interval workouts. Um and most people are doing something more like 50-50. Uh, and, and that's not helpful and it's harder and you get burnout and, it, you know, makes it less enjoyable when 50% of your runs are like at this higher intensity. Hmm. Um, but I don't think I would fall into that trap because I think like most of my long runs are just like they're at my all-day pace, um, especially if I know I'm going to be out for eight hours. Like I'm like, I better go slow and take it easy. Yeah. Um, and also I stop and take pictures and stop and eat and stop and drink. And yeah, so mm -hmm. no running. Um, but I think, yeah, the speed work, which I don't normally do is going to be tough. So right. not like I'll beat myself up for not doing as well as I should on the speed work, but I'm just like, I'm not really ready for that pain cave, but I know I got to go there. <laughs> pain cave. It's yeah, ultra running lingo. Oh my goodness. Yeah, um, yeah you got to no. embrace the pain cave. <laughs> okay, I like that. Embrace the pain cave. What are what are the different types of funds? There, there's like type one fun where it's like you're having fun doing it. Type two fun, it's like it's brutal, but you're happy that you did it after the fact or something, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So what you're saying is for the most part, you're your super long runs, they're still fun, enjoyable in the moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's definitely been lots of type two fun moments for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't let weather interfere with my plans, but some weather is just awful <laughs> and uh, and it's, you know, miserable. But but at least afterwards, you can say like, I did it and it's over and, and my, you know, my character is stronger because of it. Um, but yeah, most runs, it's just like it's like I'm playing. I just feel like I'm playing all day. Um, and it's super fun. And even like, again, with friends is amazing, but even if it's a solo run for the day, it can also be magical or mystical or profound. Hmm. Wow. Cool. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad I discovered it. And it was actually like a very specific conversation that I remember that, that just, you know, put a light bulb in my head um, because I, I've done marathons and, uh, and, and road running, you know, it's more speed oriented, like, whereas I find in trail running is less. So, um, and so my marathons, I've always like pushed it, tried to get a good time, gone as fast as I can. The last, you know, 10 K from 32 to 42 are just always brutal. And people say like, that's when their marathon really starts is that kilometer 32. <clears throat> the last 10 K are so tough. Uh, and then after I finish, you know, I often can't walk for a couple, you know, maybe like two or three days. Like I'm just hobbling <laughs> around and, and my legs are sore and I don't want to run after. And <clears throat> the thought of running more than 42 would just like never cross my mind. It's like, what, 50? Like eight more K? Like, are you crazy? Hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then I was talking to a guy that ran like 50K races. And he's like, oh, no, it's totally different. 
He's like, in a 50K race at kilometer 32, if you're tired, like, you can just walk. And that's okay. And and whereas in a marathon, like, a kilometer 32, if you're tired, like, you, you don't walk. It's like, there's only 10K left. You just keep going. Right. But that just kind of flipped a switch for me. And I was like, what? Like, you can walk in a trail race? Like, that's crazy. Um, and, yeah, so my first, like, all my marathons were, like, you know, three and a half hours. And then my first ultra was like nine and a half hours. <laughs> so it was a big difference, but it was, it, you know, I did it and I could do it. And I wasn't like, I was running like two days later. I wasn't mm-hmm. sore. I wasn't tired. I recovered super quick. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, and that got me hooked. I was like, oh my God, I love this. And <laughs> okay. Yeah, wow. but, yeah. Lots of walking. Lots yeah. Of walking. Lots of walking. Uh, were you a runner like growing up? Like, were you in the like, high school cross country team or not really i did elementary school cross country mm-hmm. and i think like the distances were like okay like one kilometer when you're in elementary school um and then when it went to high school i think it jumped up to like 3k or something and i was like ah that's too much so i didn't do high school cross country um mm-hmm. and then when uh yeah maybe like seven or eight or nine years after i graduated high school I somehow got into a half marathon. I don't remember how I did my first one. Um, but then, yeah, I started to do halves. And it might have been the same kind of like one a year, like just do a half. And that's like, yay, a big achievement. Um, <clears throat> but then, yeah, eventually it just grew. Halves led to fulls, led to ultras. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean, like the 200 mile race seems like crazy. Um, but I think the time cutoff for that is like four days. And so 50 miles is 80K. So I'm like, okay, that would be like 80K a day. And then you could sleep for like eight or nine hours and then do it again the next day and then the next day and the next day. So I don't know. I mean, I got to get my first like increments, like my first 100K out of the way and then the first 100 mile. But I but these big long distances do intrigue me and excite me. And I'm like, hmm. yeah, maybe I could run 80K four days in a row. Like that seems crazy, but... People do it. I mean, like, the winners do it like without sleeping for four. You know, like I'm. If I would do it, I would sleep a night in between each 80k. But the winners just run for like 45 hours and then win it, and it's like it's a whole other realm of human. Wow, yeah, that's nuts. Do you follow a lot of like I don't know, like ultra runner Instagrammer people? Like, and I'm not on Instagram and I'm not on Twitter. Um, but I do have a few of my favorites for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, and it's kind of neat, like the YouTube algorithm is great because <clears throat> I can type like Killian Jernay, who's, you know, one of the fastest ultra runners and ski mountaineers in the world right now and has been for like over 10 years, which is mm-hmm. kind of crazy because normally it changes every couple of years and the new kid comes and is better than everybody. Mm-hmm. But Killian's just been killing it. Um, and so, yeah, I can just like watch a YouTube video of him and then on the side, it'll be like all these other amazing athletes. And there's some great filmmakers, um, that are following these professional elite ultra runners and, and making really good films. And so Mm. I do have a few of my favorites. Courtney DeWalter is one of my favorite females. She's Mm. incredible. And, And they also all have their bad days and their bad runs and they, they have lots of DNFs and lots of injuries and, um, lots of stories um mm. yeah lots of videos are about overcoming adversity or overcoming injury um mm-hmm. winning and then and then 
yeah, getting stress fractures. Gary Robbins is the same. He had like a whole year of injuries and just lots of stress fractures and lots of failures. And hmm. yeah, there's so many inspiring athletes. And it's funny because again, it's like, it's a new hobby um, of ultra running. So it's also a new hobby of following these like incredible athletes, hmm. um, but it's super inspiring. And just to see what people do, it's really inhuman. Jim Walmsley is another like insane runner who I follow who, uh, and they're, they're doing things now. Like he, just last weekend, tried to break the 100K world record. Um, he missed it by 12 seconds. <laughs> oh, that's rough. Uh, yeah. But he was running his 100K, like, I think it was three minutes and 42 seconds per K, which is like an insanely fast speed. Like, I don't know if I could run one kilometer at that speed, let alone 100. And so these are, are really like inhuman people, but they're humans. Like, they are human. Um, yeah. but they're yeah, incredible athletes that, yeah, I'm following a, a bunch. Huh? Wow. Yeah. Sometimes it's inspiring and sometimes I just like hate them for being so, <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. So, <laughs> so amazing. Um, when you look back, you know, not necessarily on say your trail running career, but you know, your, maybe your running career, like what, what sort of like, I, I hesitate to call them mistakes, but like. You know, if you were to give yourself, you know, 15 years ago, some advice in terms of running, like, what do you think, what do you think you've learned running that you wish you knew? Um, I, I typically hold back too much because mm. um, I'm afraid of blowing up. And I think that's definitely been a weakness uh, of mine uh, is I have like, I have gas in the tank at the end of the run. Mm. And, and I read somewhere uh, one kind of elite athlete said that if you don't have one DNF that like, did not finish to your name, like you're not trying hard enough. Like everybody needs at least one DNF. And I'm like, oh, like I've never had a DNF. Um, so that kind of hit me. I'm like, okay, I, I'm not pushing it hard enough at the beginning. Um, and I, I think it's more a lack of confidence. Like I'm just afraid mm. of, of yeah, blowing up and not being finished or getting injured. Uh, but I really think if I was a bit more confident, I could just go out and do it. It's happened on some shorter runs. I remember, I think it was two years ago, where there was about an 18K run. And so when when you've got a couple 50K runs under your belt, like doing 18K is like, okay, that's fine. And for this run, I was running with a friend who was faster than me. And uh, I'm like, I'm just going to try to keep up with her. I'm just going to try mm -hmm. to hold on. Uh, and it, it was 18k and, and it starts just by going like up a mountain for like, for like 8k. And I normally just walk uphill, like almost always I walk uphill and run the flats and run the down. But this time I was like, I'm just going to run uphill and just see. And so like, I'm just following her and I'm holding on and I'm like running uphill and, and then we get to the top and I'm like, wow, I didn't walk. Like I just ran up that mountain mm. and then, you know, and then we're running and she's also a really fast downhill. And, uh, so same thing. She just, she goes downhill, like already, like I blinked and she's like two switchbacks ahead. It's like, wow, holy, I'm going to, I'm just going to try to run down and keep up with her. And so I ran downhill like faster than I've ever run in my life, like just crazy fast. But like I did it, like she had already, you know, finished and, and there was a flat section and she was already probably like a hundred meters ahead. Um, but I, you know, I managed and that hundred meters, I just like, I'm like, I'm going to sprint to catch up to her. Even though, like, again, my head was like, I'm sprinting. I'm probably going to burn up because, like, I'll, mm. you know, I'll run out of gas. But I, I sprinted. I caught up with her. And then I just kept holding on. And then, sure enough, like, 18K went by and it was over. And I finished. And I was like, 
oh my God, I just did that. Like I just kept up with her for 18K. I went as fast as I could and it was fine. I didn't blow up. Mm. So that's what I want to do for the 50. Uh, mm. It's just to like, see, just like go as hard as I can, like from the beginning and see if I can last. Yeah. Um, but also like, again, and I've said this already, I think strength training is kind of like a, a non-negotiable for the level of running that I'm doing and I just haven't done it. Mm. Um, and, and so I, I'm, yeah, a little scared of it. I don't know why. Again, I, it's just like a block that I can't seem yeah. to take over. But I'm hoping, again, like seven months, if I have like seven months of strength training, like two or three times a week, I'm mm. hoping that I'll improve my running a lot and, and prevent injuries. Mm. Even now, I've got niggles. Like, I, I call them niggles. Like, nothing's ever perfect. Like, and I go to my physio like every three weeks or so for yeah. like routine maintenance to just uh-huh. get me in work in order. Mm, mm. Oh, I really like that. Um, yeah, that that switch of like, um, you know, a DNF is not a failure, right? Like a DNF is, um, y- you know, testing your limit. In in order to truly test your limit, you kind of have to like find a place where you can't do that. Um, I think I am somebody who is quite. Uh, conservative as well maybe or like i think yeah i'm somebody who who holds back or um i uh i was reading this book the other day and um it was um it was a book called daisy jones and the six and it was sort of like a a mockumentary book oh you've read it yeah i'm looking for it on my bookshelf which is right next to me but uh yeah i read that uh really good i really enjoyed it i love the 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 like the document mockumentary style but i think there's one part in the book where uh camilla the wife right she she's talking about her her husband billy and she's like it's not really faith if you trust or i'm gonna butcher the quote but it's something like you know if if she could trust billy then it's not a question of faith like you need, sometimes you have to have faith in people when they don't deserve your trust. And that's what like true faith is, right? Like you're vulnerable and having faith in that. Um, and I, I mean, I think that's an element of, you know, your own physical capabilities too, right? Like, ah, I don't, maybe I don't trust what I can do, but it's like, you know, you just have to have faith in yourself. Um, and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I don't have those uh, shorter races this year. I've got I've got a fifty miler and then two hundred k's. Mm. So yeah, so I, I won't be going fast. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Not, not yet, but I think that would be a neat goal. Just to, again to see, yeah, challenge myself, see what I can do. Mm. Um, yeah, again, I've I've read lots of books too on ultra running and and like biographies of people and. Um, yeah, just the stories of, of the, the demons that they face, you know, a kilometer mm. 80, kilometer 90, kilometer 100 for these longer 100 mile runs. Mm. It seems like, um, yeah, it's like a whole lifetime of emotions and like a one day run. <laughs> a Finnegan's Wake of a run. Yeah. What what, uh, what does that arc look like? Like, you know, uh, kilometer one, you're super stoked or you're you're nervous, you know, like. Is there a typical changes? Flow? Yeah, it definitely changes. Um, yeah, even every every fifty k is being different. Um, yeah, I've gone on. Yeah, normally like yeah, the first ten are kind of fine, 
and then the middle like 20 or 30 are great um and then the and then the ending you're tired so it's there's some lows but the but the highs and lows can come at any time like i remember one 50k where it just felt like i'd been running for like a long time and i was already tired and i looked at my watch and i was like 6k in i was like oh fuck like <laughs> you know and the neat thing about the highs and lows in ultra running is is that they pass and you pass through them and Mm -hmm. and you can kind of get in your head where you know maybe you're at kilometer or you know i'll I'll speak for myself maybe i'm at kilometer 30 and uh and i'm so tired and my legs are heavy and you know i'm so tired and and my thought process will be well i've got 20k left and i'm tired now so it's only going to get worse because I'm only going to get more tired. Like the more I run, the more tired my legs will get. I'll get more tired. And you can kind of get into this negative thinking rut um, a pity or whatever. Um, but you snap out of it. And whether it's like, oh, I'm going to walk for a minute and I'm going to have a snack and I'm going to drink some water. And then, you know, maybe a, another trail runner will come up and be like, oh, like, how's it going? And then just like, boom, you snap out of it. Like you get the water, you get the food, you get the little pep talk. And, and like the next 20K are fine. Hmm. Um, but yeah, the highs and lows can come at any time. I watched um, a documentary with Courtney DeWalter, who was doing um, a 200-mile run. Hmm. And uh, she said right from the beginning, she was in a low, uh, which is rare for her. Like, you know, just right, right away, she, like she couldn't eat. She was puking. Like nothing was going down. She was tired. She just, she in a low. And, um, you know, she's a very experienced ultra runner. So she's used to like the, the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows. And she's like, I never came out of that low, like the whole 200 miles. Like I was just in a low for like 200 miles. And so that could happen too. Like you just, you just never know. Oh my God. That sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, how often have you thrown up on a race? Never. 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 Jeremy, yeah. not pushing yourself hard enough. <laughs> well, it's funny. So the, the past summer, um, I was I, I was running with a buddy and it was a big day. Um, it ended up being 53K and over 3,000 meters of climbing. And and I was just in the back. I was having a great day. I was in such a good mood. I was in a high. My buddy was in a low and I, I didn't know that. I, he was just quiet, but I didn't know he was feeling as rough as he was. And I was like, you know, trying to like tell jokes just because like we were near the end of the day and I was just trying to like help get us home. And he's like, Jeremy, like, shut up. I was like, whoa, like, okay. And then, and then we're like running and he's like, I gotta, I gotta rest. And I'm like, okay, sure. So we stopped. And then like, yeah. And then he was puking <laughs> on the side of the trail. And he's like, well, that's the first for me. So he had never puked on the side of the trail, but, uh, but no, I haven't yet. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, your coach is going to be like, I don't know, we got to make this happen. Non-negotiable. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. It, okay. it happens. Yeah. yeah. But not, not for me. Not yet. Not yet. Fair enough. Okay. Um, you know, maybe um, maybe that's a good place to, to call our episode. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for sharing so much. I, I learned a lot. Of, what a world. <laughs> yeah. And, and the other nice thing is it really is a great community. Like the trail running community is fantastic. Um, yeah, Gary Robbins, my coach, just put a video out 
Um, he did a, a, a hundred mile route in Chilliwack that he made up and he linked together all these mountains uh, mm-hmm. and he ran it. And so he, um, it was documented by a local filmmaker, Jeff uh, Pelletier, and it's called The Big Chill for Chilliwack. Mm-hmm. And it's got like 140,000 views already. And it was only put out like a couple weeks ago. Mm. And like, wow, like, I mean, probably not everybody is in Vancouver, but, um, mm. but there's a strong trail running, Vancouver, uh, trail running scene in Vancouver. Mm. Yeah. Vancouver International Mountain Film Fest has a trail running night for their movies every year. Um, and it's at a theater in North Penn. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it seats like 400 people and it like sells out. And it's like, yeah, there's, there's a big trail running scene in Vancouver and yeah, everybody's friendly. You go out trail running and like everybody's in a good mood. Everybody's friendly. Everybody's happy. It's like they're in nature. They're doing what they love. <clears throat> Everybody says hi. And, uh, and it's definitely got less of a competitive edge than road running. Right. Like, so that's, yeah, another bonus. Good, what, good scene. what do you think, um, the trail running scene being as large as it is, what sort of like, um, like subcultures do you think there are? within trail run are there is there the like adrenaline junky ones and then there's the like um i don't know i'm like stereotype like like you know like finance bro people the you know, <laughs> hippie people you know um do you think there is there's that or is it kind of a more homogenous there's certainly like the fast people Hmm. Um, yeah, like I did a race. I, I was actually lucky. I did one race last year before COVID craziness happened in February in the, in the States. And, um, after the race, there was like 10 people in a circle chatting and they were like, you know, places one, two, three, four, five, you know, places one through 10 were chatting and they, and they were kind of, they weren't really talking to anyone else. Uh, so I was like, oh, like, okay, that's the fast people. Like, can't, can't talk to them. Uh, I think that exists for sure. Like the fast people. And I also, there's a group called, um, I think it's called Pacific Northwest Trail Runners. And, um, and yeah, it's a trail running group and they go a couple times a week. And I went with them once and they were like super fast. And I was like, okay, like, I, like, no, like <laughs> can't run with this group. Um, so that's certainly a subculture or, or like the speed people. Speed people. Um, but yeah, other than that, it seems pretty homogenous. Just, yeah, everybody. And then there's definitely the distances separate people. There's some people that are like, mm-hmm. yeah, I love like a 10K trail run. And all my trail runs will be 10K. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, right now I'm, I, you know, I love like my training runs. I love like a 40 to 45K training run. Like that's mm-hmm. the sweet spot for me. I, I don't get too tired. I could do it. Like I did a couple back-to-back like 45K runs last year and it's fine um slow like i just go slow take six seven eight hours and make a fun day out of it and the next day i'm mm-hmm. fine um and then there's the 100 mile people and the, and already like and i was on facebook on a couple like ultra running groups and like the 100 mile people totally look down on the 50k people <laughs> like 50k is not an ultra <laughs> oh my goodness it doesn't start to really happen until you hit 100k and that that's one thing you know so I think there, there's a couple, yeah, hierarchies there. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Well, oh, and, like, I kind of get it because, like, you know, some people are like, oh, like, I'm training for a half marathon. And, and I'm like, oh, like, good for you. Like, that's what I do on a Tuesday night. But <laughs> <laughs> everyone has their levels. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know, that's like a very mean thing to say, but I, I get it a little bit. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're caught up in that. Oh man, um, I had another question come to mind, but it, it just fluttered away. So, um, anyways, okay. <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's the official end then. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, Jeremy. This was such a pleasure. Yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure as well. <laughs> um, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, hopefully you enjoyed um, learning a little bit about trail running. Oh, okay. No, totally. Oh, I remembered it. So we're back. We're back. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask, what's the overlap between uh, ultra runners and meditation or uh, mindfulness? Because um, I know three ultra runners and uh, they're all hardcore, like, you know, week-long, month-long meditators too. So. Oh, that's funny. Uh, you know, and it's it's really funny. When I was doing marathons before ultra running, I would compare it to Vipassana, like, Hundred percent. Um, so I think the overlap. There's a few. Um, one is um, is the the power of staying. And I, I know Pema children often will say like, oh, like when you want to leave, stay. And if your mind wanders, stay. And if your knee hurts, stay. And if your back hurts, stay. And if you think it's stupid, stay. Um, so I think that's an important part of mindfulness. When when things get tough, like you just. You, you don't quit. Like if you're sitting for 25 minutes and your mind's racing after 15 minutes, you don't just get up and leave. It's like, you just, you stay until 25, you're committed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I find ultra running is the same. Like a lot of times I just want to quit. I want to stop. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just done. Um, but, but you, you know, it's perseverance, I guess you just stay. Um, I think uh, the, the commitment and discipline is also quite similar. Um, like I'm not an everyday meditator, um, but I soon will be like a six day a week runner and, and like, you know, if it's raining and it's cold and I'm tired, like, and I'm sore and I've got a 15 K run I have to do on a Wednesday night, like, I'm just going to do it. Like you just do it. Yeah. And, and I can imagine if you're like an everyday meditator, you've got that same commitment and discipline when mm. you just do it. It's just part of your practice. It's part of your team. doesn't matter if you want to or not, you just, you do it. Mm. Um, so that's that's one side of the similarity, but I also think that you know the present moment focus of mindfulness and running overlap as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of my runs, especially if I'm tired and and I, you know it's hard to get through the run, I just focus on my breath. It's like it's all I can do to keep me going. It's like and out and out and out, um, and I'm and I'm very present focused. I'm often not at all thinking about the past or the future just because I can't. I'm only, I'm just like, I, I can only breathe right now. That's all I can do. Um, and that's the goal of mindfulness or one of them is just to be present and to focus on your breath. Um, and so I think there's a overlap there. And, and again, I think if one of the main goals of mindfulness is to be present and, and aware of what's happening in, in a non-judgmental way, mm-hmm. um, that goal can be taken to running too. And like the goal of my running is just to, to be present, to be in the moment, to not think about the past or the future and just, you know, just be me for mm. whatever, however long I run. Okay, cool. There you go. Third time's the charm. 
official. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, cool. Um, I'm just gonna stop the recording.